Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Hello and welcome to Tasty Thursday, a special Heart to Heart with Anna podcast for Heart Month, February 2022. Each Thursday, we have had author Amy M. Lee joining us to chat about recipes from her cookbook, Snow's Kitchen. For those of you who don't know, Amy is the author of a trilogy of books revolving around her Vietnamese mother's journey to the United States after the fall of Saigon. The last book in the trilogy is Snow's Kitchen, which is a novella and a cookbook. And all of our recipes are coming from this cookbook. I will be putting links to the other episodes that we have recorded earlier this month. Today, I am joined by my husband and international chef, Frank Jaworski and author Amy M. Lee. This is the last episode of our Tasty Thursday series. Welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna, Amy. Hi, thanks for having me back. I'm so sad this is our last one. I know, I can't believe it's our last one. It's gone by so fast. They know. Well, welcome back, Frank. Absolutely. Thank you for having me back. The only reason she calls me the international chef is that I cook breakfast for her when we're on vacation. It's not just breakfast. We <laughs> usually get an Airbnb and Frank has cooked in Canada, Scotland, England, Vienna, uh, Hungary, Hungary, Ljubljana. So I think that qualifies as an international chef. Okay. I agree. But how about a Michelin chef? Like what does that require? A what? A Michelin chef? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know what the qualifications are for that. I, I don't think I have them. <laughs> I, I don't think, even I think, that. I think it takes a lot more formal training for starters. Well, the cool thing is we always go to the local market and we try out whatever vegetables they have or fruits they have. We like to see what the locals eat. And Frank is a connoisseur. We could do a whole podcast on this. Frank is a connoisseur of different food trucks from places around the world. We always have to stop and get street food, which none of yours is, thank goodness. No. So maybe if we go to Vietnam together, Amy, we can try some street food. Oh yeah, from north to south, there's plenty of good food. Okay. Okay, well, we've had so much fun making recipes from your cookbook, Amy, but I couldn't complete the series without making a yummy dessert. Imagine my delight when I discovered you had a lemon cheesecake recipe. I love lemon. I love, love, love lemon. So yay, I'm glad you made lemon cheesecake. Me too. I love lemon too. Well, as our listeners already know, I've been striving to make our recipes as keto-friendly as possible. This lemon cheesecake recipe was going to be the most challenging recipe to do that with because the original recipe called for honey graham crackers in the crust, white flour, three cups of sugar, and store-bought lemon curd. The original recipe had 72 grams of carbs per serving. We substituted cinnamon-forward magic pop for the honey graham crackers, crushed them up, and used them in the same way. We used erythritol and aspartame for the sugar, almond flour for the white flour, 
And we still use the Dickinson's lemon curd in the lemon curd frosting, along with our homemade lemon curd. I was shocked to do the carb count. Believe it or not, by making these substitutions, our carb count was 12 grams of carbs per serving with the cheesecake cut into 12 slices. 12? 12. The front door, 12? 12, yeah. I, I one cut it. Six. One, one sixth. Six of the original carb count. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay, tell me more. That's amazing. Well, it smelled absolutely heavenly from the get-go. Frank was zesting the lemons while I was making the crust, and I really wasn't sure how this crust was going to take. Magic pop versus graham crackers had me a little wary, but I was surprised. As soon as I started crushing it, we did use the cinnamon-flavored magic pop. The whole air filled with the smell of cinnamon and freshly squeezed lemons, and it just was wonderful. So I knew from the beginning that it was going to be okay. <laughs> Even though I had my misgivings, I had a good feeling just because of the fragrance. Well, from experience making cheesecakes, the crust doesn't add that much to the flavor. It's more of a foundation you build on. So it still had a good flavor and scent, but didn't add too much in the way of carbohydrates. So it was a win-win. Definitely. Now, Amy, usually I do not sample when I'm cooking because it spoils my appetite for the dish. But this was a dish that had to be prepared over two days. So I had to sample everything. <laughs> oh, yes. This dish is so yummy and it requires a lot of patience. Well, it does. It requires a lot of patience, but it's totally worth it. So first of all, there was the filling. I wanted to make sure that that tasted okay because we were substituting the erythritol and we had quite a few substitutions in this one, but oh my goodness, the filling was wonderful. I was really, really happy with how that turned out. What about you, Frank? Absolutely. And there wasn't a lot of sweetener in the filling, so it had a good flavor. So Frank, do you want to talk about how we figured out how much erythritol to use? Oh, absolutely. When we were trying to decide how to do the sugar substitution, I looked up how to substitute erythritol for sugar. And even though it's only 70% as sweet as white sugar, the article I found said that most people on a keto diet substitute the erythritol one-to-one -one with sugar. The problem was that it took the entire bag of erythritol we had, and we were shy about half a cup of sugar. So we had aspartame at the house. We looked up how many little packets of aspartame we'd need and added 12 packets of aspartame, and it was perfect. Yeah, I was a little concerned that the filling would be too sweet because it combined the homemade lemon curd with the store-bought lemon curd, but it turned out great. Of course, I had to test that too. <laughs> well, it's lemon. <laughs> of course. The store-bought lemon curd was a little bit darker in color than the lemon curd that we made on the stove, but when I put it all together, which is what you tell us to do in the recipe, it went together very nicely and it tasted wonderful. So how was the consistency of the glaze that you put on there? Well, it's really hard to say because I've never made it with just sugar. I think that our glaze when we finished it might have been a little runnier than we would be if we used the sugar. And that may require some adjustment of ingredients the next time we make it. Yeah. Maybe use more aspartame and less erythritol, or, or maybe try, try monk fruit. Monk fruit sugar, things like that. Gave. I just grabbed a bag of erythritol because I thought that would be enough. I had no idea. I really did not do a good job of checking that before we went out to our house in the country, which did not have anything <laughs> except for the aspartame, which is how we got that in there. 
But Frank did a really good job with the cheesecake. Like he said, he's made cheesecake before. This was my first cheesecake, and I didn't know it turned so brown, but it was a beautiful, even brown. Well, it varies from recipe to recipe, but this one, in fact, was fairly medium brown on top. Then when you first pull it out of the oven, of course, cheesecake looks very high domed. Then as it cools, it settles a little bit in the center, which worked out well with the consistency of the glaze we used, the frosting. Right, because we had a little lip to contain the frosting, which was a good thing because the frosting did come out a little bit runny, but it was still delicious. <laughs> it's really, really good. That's the most important thing is the taste and how much lemon tang there is to it. Because sometimes, especially store-bought cheesecakes, it tends to be overpoweringly sweet right. and you don't get the lemon yeah, whereas what we wound up with was a very tart lemon glaze with a nice sweetness to it, but not too much. I think the doing 70% was just right for us because since we've been eating keto, we have not been having sugary sweets. And I think if we would have tried to up it that other 30%, it would have been too sweet for us. As it was, the tartness of the lemon came through beautifully. It really did have a lovely flavor. Of course, I do have to commend my world chef husband on one other thing. That man knows how to juice a lemon. Amy, there wasn't anything left. <laughs> that makes me so proud. <laughs> hey, if you want the lemon juice, you want the lemon juice. I mean, between zesting the lemons, juicing the lemons, there was nothing left. Yeah, there was nothing left. Well, that's how you get that lemony zing, you know? You got to use all the lemon. Yeah. What's very nice is that this cheesecake also freezes very well. Right now, we have the second half of the cake in the freezer cut into individual slices. So if we feel like it, we can always defrost one just for a treat. And we tested it to make sure, Amy. So we froze it and then we defrosted it the next day to see if it would hold up okay or if it would kind of break down in the freezer. And it was just as delicious great. after it was frozen. So that really was nice for us too, to be able to know that this was quite an endeavor. And there's just the two of us now. We're not going to eat an entire lemon cheesecake. So the nice thing is we can make it 12 grams of carbs. I mean, that's a wonderful dessert for us to be able to have. And Frank was really actually generous because he said, usually you cut a cheesecake into 16ths, but he cut his into 12 and it was still only 12 grams of carbs per serving. So they, us, we get more cheesecake. <laughs> well done. Well done, guys. I used to get cheesecake at Costco all the time when I was younger, and they do freeze pretty well. So there you go. So you can enjoy it as needed and just pop it out of the freezer. Well, if we do have listeners who are interested in doing this, who are sensitive to erythritol, we just would like to suggest that maybe you try monk fruit or only aspartame or agave or some other kind of sugar substitute, but we didn't really have a problem with it. Of course. Like we said, we did approximately two and a half cups of erythritol or 10 ounces, and then the rest of it was aspartame. That's a great alternative. Yeah. One of the nice things about this also is not just for a keto diet, for people who are diabetics, you can have sweets on it as a diabetic, but you don't want to be too excessive. And this is a great compromise. Right. Yeah. And I would recommend cutting it into 16. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the problems with that for us was that the frosting was so runny. 
It made it a little mm-hmm. bit harder to do the cutting that way, don't you think, Frank? Maybe so. Just a little bit more challenging. Maybe I just wanted bigger slices. I like lemon. <laughs> <laughs> the secret, the truth comes out. I want lemon. <laughs> so it really was delightful. Amy, I'm so surprised that all four recipes we chose, we were able to make keto-friendly. Were you surprised by that? Yes. What a difference keto makes. I mean, I've never tried keto cooking. I've tried dirty keto, but I should really give it a go because the benefits are amazing. I can't believe how much the difference is in just the carb count. You know, it's, yeah. Good job, guys. The thing for me is that uh, entirely aside from the hopes to lose weight, when I eat too much in the way of carbs, I don't feel good. I feel kind of sluggish. So cutting that back on the carbs is a good thing. Yeah, I think the older we get, the more sensitive we are to the carbs. As much as I love spaghetti, and I think for about 20 years of my life, if you are what you eat, I was spaghetti. (laughs) I would have been curry. Would have been curry? Well, if I'd have known about curry 20 years ago, then maybe I would have been curry. But now when I eat regular spaghetti, I feel like I have rocks in my stomach. So it's sad that as we age, not only do our taste buds change, but I think our body's reaction to certain elements and food changes as well. Absolutely. Our metabolism changes. Right. Anyway, uh, (laughs) it was a lot of fun. And I want to thank you for coming on week after week to talk about the recipes and to believe in us that we weren't going to mess up your cookbook. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. And if anything, you made it better because you made it keto friendly and healthier, which is what the heart community needs. That's true. I do think it is helpful for the heart community to have alternatives. And having a keto diet, I think it can be maybe a little better for your heart. I don't know. It's definitely better if you're diabetic. Thank you for your wonderful cookbook. Friends, we have a special announcement regarding Amy's cookbook. Amy, can you tell our listeners what special surprise you have for them this week? Yeah, well, thank you for listening and for all of the Heart to Heart with Anna Listeners, if you want to purchase a copy, an autographed copy of Snow's Kitchen, you can go on to my Etsy shop, and it's called Heart Community, and you can put in Tasty Thursday as the promo discount code, all in lowercase, and you'll get 20% off. So that's 20% off the book, free shipping domestically, and autographed copy. I mean, you can't beat that, friends. If you haven't already snatched up this delicious cookbook, do it today. Don't wait. It's autographed. (laughs) If you don't want it for yourself, it would make a great gift. Well, buy two copies, one for you and one to give. What do you think, Frank? That sounds great. Yeah, we might need to buy another copy (laughs) because our copy now has authentic stains. (laughs) Oh, well, you know what? That's a true cookbook. Exactly. It's it's not really your cookbook unless you spill a little bit of food on it while you're cooking. Now it opens to those recipes. (laughs) There has to be splatters on the pages. And if you can scratch and sniff it, it's even a better cookbook. (laughs) I think we might be there. I think we might have a scratch and sniff cookbook. (laughs) Well, it has been so much fun doing this. Thank you so much for coming on the program, Amy. Thank you both. And until next time, enjoy.
Thank you so much, Frank, for helping me make this awesome lemon cheesecake and all of the other recipes for Tasty Thursday. It is always a pleasure to cook with you and cook for you. Well, that does conclude the last episode of Heart Month February 2022's Tasty Thursday, which is a special episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Join us tomorrow for our last Fun Fact Friday. We'll be learning about why some people who are born with bicuspid aortic valves never even know they have a congenital heart defect, while others require open heart surgery. Until then, my friends, remember, you are not alone.